welcome to the Fiercely Unstoppable Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Allison, Mind Shift Coach and Achievement Strategist. I am here to help you completely up-level your confidence, find massive clarity, and dive deep into your purpose so that you can create a business and a mindset that is fiercely unstoppable. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you up-level your energy, bust through those fears, find clarity, and overcome all of the obstacles so that you can step into your most powerful and confident self. We do not let our circumstances hold us back. We become fiercely unstoppable in the pursuit of what sets our soul on fire. Get ready to up-level your confidence every single day and attract the life that you are absolutely obsessed with. Are you ready? Let's have some fun. Hey, hey, welcome back to another amazing episode of Fiercely Unstoppable. I'm so excited. We have the beautiful, amazing Candace Chapman here today, and she is a direct message sales coach and business strategist. She teaches coaches and service providers how to effectively sell their programs through live video strategies and direct messaging. I know we all want more of that. Get into my DMs. <laughs> she is passionate passionate about helping her clients deepen their objection handling skills to master DM selling. Candace's clients are using her systems and frameworks to sell high ticket packages directly in the DMs without any sales calls. She lives in Washington, DC, and when she isn't working, she can be found at local wineries or jamming to music and cooking in her kitchen. I am so excited about this. You guys are definitely going to want to grab your notebooks for this one, but we're just going to go ahead and dive straight into this episode so you can get all of the juicy, juicy information to make more money in your DMs. Let's go. I'm so excited because we have a super special, amazing guest and someone that I can honestly call a good friend now, which is super fun. So Miss Candace Chapman, come on and say hello. How are you? Hi, I'm so excited to be here, Brooke. This is going to be such a good episode. Yes. Okay. So before we like dive into nitty gritty and all of the amazing, um, well, people probably need their pens and papers. Let's be honest. So they're going to want to take notes for this, I think. But yes. before we get into like the nitty gritty and strategy and good stuff, Stuff there. I want you to tell us kind of how you got into business, like what you do. Tell us what you do. How did you yeah. get there? Like, tell us the background story of how you built this business to where it is today. Oh, so it really stems from my personal childhood. So my mother passed away when I was younger. She was mm. chronically ill my whole life. Um, she had kidney failure and she always just put into my ear you're gonna do great things mm, you're a light yeah. in people's life I was a miracle baby they I wasn't supposed to be born yeah. and that just confidence always radiated through my body and after she died I you know I of course wrestled with some some challenges and depression right my dad actually became um really chronically depressed also mm. super ill so I immediately started taking care of him when I was like nine years old the roles reversed and I just fell into this role of caretaker from a physical standpoint to emotional and that just kept um going on and on in my life I noticed I was like emotionally supporting friends and 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 teachers and helping people cope and I've always had an entrepreneurial background I mean from I had a pickle business what? in sixth grade <laughs> a pickle business what does when that I mean did you, you sell pickles I sold pickles but wait 
I sold pickles by cutting the one giant pickle into fourths and sold each one for dollar. Wait, who so, did you sell these pickles to? Other kids my age. They would pay for one fourth a slice of a pickle for a dollar. And I made like, wow. you know, 30, 40, 50 bucks a week. So I've always been That's like, amazing. Make <laughs> money. But I tell that story because with sort of my upbringing of like, you can be whoever you want to be as corny as it sounds to trying different businesses. You know, I did professional makeup. I did professional art and sold that. Um, In high school, I had a really big booming brownie business and cupcake business. I had like four employees. Girl, you are the food lady. (laughs) Like apparently we need to come to you for food and sales. Right? And and it's funny because even the teachers are like, you're going to, or the principal's like, you're going to have to start profit sharing with the school or stop this. <laughs> Thank you so much. So I've just always been trying things, but then I got to a point where I was around 19 years old and I said, I'm, I'm still feel like I'm not living in my purpose. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm making money I'm doing all these cool things, but what is it I really love to do? And I, that is help people. And so in college, I was actually a nursing major, switched to business. And it just boomed. And I, I started my life coaching business. I said, this is actually what I want. I've done all of these like product-based health food businesses. I actually really like helping people change their life. Like my Absolutely. life has been changed, right? I love that. And so I niched down from there, life coach, manifestation coach, mm. <laughs> mindset coach, figuring out what I really love. To mm-hmm. accidental business coach to now DM sales coach. So DM sales coach. Yes. So did you outwardly pivot all of those times or did you just kind of like, I'm going to do this thing now? Very outwardly and like very messy. One day you saw like my Instagram handle used to be manifestation millionaire and all my posts had that to delete or archive, <laughs> change handle next day. Like I'm the type of person that I'm all in or I'm not. Yeah. So it wasn't slow or anything like that. It was like, boom, next thing you know, right? Yeah. Same thing with DM sales coach. That was actually the scariest pivot for me because I was just like, this is a controversial topic. I'm not even mm-hmm. people going to like it, but it's what built people my business. People love it. People right? love it. People love it now. <laughs> that was scary, but here I am now. Here I am. So Yeah. So, okay. What do you do as like a DM sales coach? Like, tell us like more, like, I'm sure people are like, yes, 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 yes. All the sales of the DMs. They love this idea. Um, I mean, we, and we, I know you and I've had personal conversations about still kind of liking sales calls, but loving having the opportunity to like just close in the, in the DMs, if that's the best fit. And I love having options. And that's like my favorite thing in business. And I, I'm a, I'm a big rule breaker. So <laughs> I'm constantly like, all right, who told you it had to be that way? And I love that this is going to just like kind of broaden people's horizons of what's possible when it comes to sales. So what is yeah. like, what is the main thing you do? What is the main thing that you focus on with your clients and tell us all the nitty gritty. So good. So I, again, I agree. It's the options that people really mm-hmm. love. Yes. Um, and the types you could close so many different types of sales from speaking. Oh my God. To coaches, how, how fun. All of it. Right. <laughs> And so when I think of what I do, I really help people get clear on what they sell mm-hmm. and to easily communicate that through a conversation. Yeah. Um, but that takes knowing who you are and what you do. And so a lot of refinement of communication um, from, from the internal side of things like practicing our pitches, practicing like how we actually say what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I help people ask better questions in the DM if I had to sum it up. Like I think objection handling as a whole is needed, of course, to close in the DM, but 
how do you get there? You have to ask better questions and then lean in and, and listen to those people's responses. And so I almost want to say like, <laughs> I'm a questions coach, though I'm being funny. But when I tell you that's what we're talking about all the time in the DMs, what questions are you asking? How are you asking those questions from voice memo to written? This yeah. is what leads to the person opening up and the opportunity to present your offer and to close. Oh my gosh. Okay. I love this. I want to talk a little bit about the flow of the conversation to get to the sale. So let's say we know where our client is. We know who our client is. We know where they are. We know all of the, those things. And we start connecting in their stories. You know, we're like, Oh my God, I love whatever they just said. So we're giving them a compliment. We're actually vibing with the information that they're giving. So we're, we're leaving valuable, um, not just like, yeah, girl, <laughs> as a comment, but, you're, but we're <laughs> yeah, giving like a good, energy. yeah, we're getting like a really good juicy comment below to kind of get them engaging. Um, but especially if we go into the messages, what do you think is like your favorite first message to send? But then also how do we get from a compliment into potentially a sale? Yes. So I think as a whole, we need to really come you know uh connect with people and be genuine and I think yeah. that's the easiest way people see it is like be give compliments and be sweet I personally think like that usually leads to a lot of friend zone and so whatever the dialogue is or the hearts or the messages or liking people's stuff my first favorite message is like hey I see you you see me or you're watching my stories all the time or I've been watching your stories all the time and the compliments baked in there of like why you're reaching out, but I'm big on asking about what they do related to my services. So for mm -hmm. example, most people message or most people that I message first are watching my stories. I let them know I'm very direct, like, Hey, I notice you're watching my stories all the time. And I really appreciate it. I assume you really are interested in DM cells. Is that the case? Mm. That to people is so salesy, but I'm asking a question. Yeah. <laughs> you're following me. We're following each other. Maybe. So I immediately like to ask related to my services. Right. Especially if you're talking and in your stories all the time about all DM the time, sales, all the then time. it's like, Why okay, then it, right? clearly you're interested in, in DM sales. Like, are you, do you have a business? Like, tell me, tell me about right. what you do. Exactly. Yeah. And I think the problem is people always say, what are your business goals? Like, that's the one question they want to ask. I'm like, mm. there's 50 variations of that. <laughs> be more original put your that is a really good it. thought okay so let's let, as we're on this to like topic right now let's spit spit all this conversation into a branch um okay so instead <laughs> of saying what are your business goals what other ways could we say that depending on what people yes. do so let's do some examples so let's say um someone is helping people sign their first few clients what mm -hmm. would they say in terms of asking the person yeah. what they do yeah like getting I, into the, instead of being like yeah what's your business goals like getting you know uh, yeah I'd be like you know um I, I like to mention real things times are I, we're in a pandemic right now things are slow for a lot of people it's a stressful time mm -hmm. we're all online to connect how are, how are things going for you in business but you see like that may be the subtle way but we're adding something to it or an example may be um taking something from their profile I know this says you started, you know, you, you in the conversation has to be less robotic than this, but like, right. you know, you've been in business two years. I saw your stories. That's really cool. So have I three years, whatever, how are right. things going for you? Right. Yeah. But I still think people forget to add to a conversation. That's like me being like, hi, Brooke, how are you today? Instead of like, Brooke, what is up? I haven't seen you in a long time. How are you? That's yeah. subtle difference. 
sounds more conversational. And that's what's great about using that voice too. You know, like using the voice allows it to be conversational and uh, allows your personality to come through. And, you know, even with what you just said, how are you? You said it in two different tonalities and tonality is a huge way of communication. People don't think about that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And because I mean, we can't use nonverbal communication when we're in the DMs. Right. Which you can on sales calls if you do video. Exactly. Which is really interesting. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You know, another example I think of like, you know, service-based business, something around what type of projects do they have going on? Yeah. Okay. What kind of projects do you have going on? I usually like to say like, like, all right. What they're doing in business. Yeah. I usually am like, okay, like what's your, your goal this month financially? Like, are you hitting that 10 K month? Like, where are you at? Like, I usually like to just kind of, cause I talk everything all about five figure cash months all all day long. So I'm like, I'm all about the cash money. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I like to know where people are because I, I'd like to see like, well, what is your goal? Like, what Definitely. would you like to be making? Is that something that, yeah. you know, you're struggling with, or are you really confident with where you are now, you know, or um, taking it the flip side, like what's not working for you? Like that's yeah. both. like, oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe the types of answers I get to that. <laughs> I'm just really frustrated with X, Y, and Z, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of what are your desires and goals? Like, how don't we just be a little different and flip it around, you know? Yeah. So you would be really direct with this and almost talk about this stuff in the beginning of the conversation rather than starting with a compliment, but right. And I think, or infusing a compliment in it, like uh, you're, you know, for example, someone messaged me today being like, I love what you do. Oh my gosh. Really? What really excites you the most about what I do? And she's like, you just seem so confident in the DMs. Aww. That's really interesting. You say that. Are you lacking confidence in the DMs? Oh, and then so she good. tells me, right? <laughs> like, instead of being like, oh, thank you. I love your hair, right? No, <laughs> keep it going. Yeah. Um, and then I okay. say maybe like the way you're showing up is really good. There's a compliment. But what's not working for you related to the DMs, right? So we infuse mm-hmm. a compliment. But I think people overdo it. And then they're like, wait, where do I take it next? We don't have to overdo it if right. we know we're coming from our purpose. Totally. Yeah, this is good. So like, I always like to, and I want to see if it aligns kind of with your flow as well. So whether it starts with a compliment or not, the cool thing about, I think, starting with a compliment is that it's kind of like my instant BFF mode in the sales mm-hmm. call. So I talk about this in the sales conversation, like your, your first thought is instant BFF. You want the, like the, the clear guard to come down. Yes, you want it to absolutely. be like, oh my God, I kind of like this person. And remember people buy from people they like. That's who they buy from. So how do we get people to like us? Well, there's a whole, that's a whole can of worms, but your personality (laughs) is one, but you connecting with them on a similar basis, using rapport to be able to, um, predict that likability of you anyway. So obviously down the walls, we start talking about business or whatever, whatever the transformation you help provide. Um, I always like to kind of go through like, what do they want? What are they struggling with? Are, are you like, would you like some support yeah. with that? Like, do you want some help yeah. with that struggle? Okay, cool. Here's what I'm thinking. And I either lead them into the sales call, or if I think that we'd be a really good fit to work together, I will just tell them about how I could help them. So does yeah. your flow look similar or does it, it look different? It is similar. And I do want to mention one thing, Brooke, like this is the thing about DMs and knowing who you are as a person, you are naturally so bubbly so complimentary oh, me? like you yes you thank you so, I thought, I thought you meant like everybody <laughs> no you and so you leaning with compliments is so natural to you 
I am, I think a little less compliment, you know, I don't make as many compliments, sure. but I'm very vulnerable. That's where I lean in. So in my conversation, you'll see a lot about me telling you about, Ooh, all the bad mistakes I've made where mm. I've got burned. I tell my business that's, you know, so I think people need to know what type of person they are and lean into that. And yeah. I think it's a mistake that people make is they think I only have to give compliments, right? But right. you're like, that's your power. And you're really Ooh, good. At that, that is a really good point. So it's identifying like what that power is in the communication yeah. skills within ourselves. Yeah. Some people are really like methodological and they're like process oriented. Right. So take those people's thoughts and the things they're telling you and say, what I, what I'm hearing is X, Y, Z. Is that correct? Mm. Really process oriented, right? I do something like that in my sales conversation. Like, and they'll be like, okay, so to, just to recap, this is what I'm hearing you say, right? So you are struggling with these the threes. For sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And that's why I think people need to realize once you can master your sales calls, it could be easily, you know, converted into the DMs. But what do you think is the biggest difference between the sales call and the sales DM conversation? Ooh, I think the the difference is sort of making it known. Like you could come back, you could ghost me. And so some of the things I say, like, you know, and I know we're really busy and we may not talk every day, but I really want to keep moving the conversation forward. That is I'm a really great, excited. I'm really, yeah, right? that's because a great point. Are, like I get ghosted. I, I can't, it takes too long. I lean into like, Hey, I know you're busy, but because we're in a DM conversation, yeah. you know, I, I just want to ask this question. I would love, love to hear an answer. We could work this out now. So I think the answer to your question is, um, I don't, I don't want to call it aggressive, but you have to really lean into being more bold just for the essence of like the sake of timing and people mm -hmm. could come back and not. Whereas on a phone, phone call, I love that. <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, it's often like how you do speaking events. Okay. So when you make a speech, a lot of people like you to set the stage. Okay. Here's what we're going to go over. Here's what we're going to talk about. Here's the situation. And sometimes you kind of quote unquote, set the stage in your sales call. Okay. Here's how the yeah. process is going to look. I'm going to do this. We're going to do that. And then if I feel like we're a good fit, I'll introduce you and I'll invite you into what it's like to work with me. Does that sound good? So you're almost doing the same thing, but you're doing it in a way of like, Hey, I know life is busy, but I'm actually really excited to talk to you about yes. this topic. And I cannot wait to help you get to this result. So even if we like, you know, chat and like we, a day passes, I might follow up with you and say, Hey, and see, but I want to exactly. just keep this conversation That's going. Yes. And I, I love that all the time. And when I, and I tell people too, like, Oh, it's going to be a busy day. I'm going to have to get back to you tomorrow. But then they also know, right? I think people are one are, are afraid to tell people what they're what they've got going on. Yes. Also afraid to ask, hey, what do you have going on? And then you know, yeah. next thing you know, it's been two months. <laughs> you can't close the sale. Okay, so let me ask you this because I know I struggle with this sometimes, which is always like the concern of like, okay, do I really want to get rid of sales calls or like do I want to do both or what? But here's the dilemma is I feel like sometimes I get so many messages and I have so many messages going on that I have like 30, 40, 50 unread messages. And so then one day passes and then two days pass and then another day passes. And then I'm like, fuck, I have to go back in and be like, I'm so sorry. Like, oh, you know, cause like it's a week later. So right. like, how do we, how do you suggest handling all of those DMS number one, but number two, how do you suggest like kind of shifting your mindset around 
doing, cause obviously me and my business at this point, I mean, multiple six figure earner. Um, you know, I, yeah. I, I don't always have all the time. Cause my, my main priority is focus, is focus on my clients, my paying clients right. right now. But then also people are moms. People have different things going on. They don't have the time to just sit in their DMS all day. So mm-hmm. what do you suggest around that? And that anxiety of like, Oh my God, I'm just, I'm never getting back to them. So I think the first thing is, like you said, the mindset shift. Well, you have to look at sort of risk and reward versus in DMs. For me, I can manage multiple chats at once and close multiple people one day, whereas five sales calls maybe in one day, like, ah, that's too much for me <laughs> or in a week. So you have to look at, well, how many conversations are you likely to have and move forward versus sales calls? Which one feels better? But then two, depending on your business and your potential to outsource some of this, right? If you're newer in a business and you can't, and you're really trying to focus in on your DM sales, you have to look up what, what else are you willing to give up? Maybe less clubhouses, maybe less. There's always something. There's mm-hmm. always something. Or for someone like you, Brooke, you couldn't and shouldn't maybe be doing all of this on your own, right? Like you said, having someone to help you their DM. Right, hiring or people out. Calls, hiring. Mm-hmm. I, I personally don't have anyone in my DM yet. I'm just not mentally ready to, to outsource yeah. that. So I've outsourced content, mm-hmm. admin stuff, right? Back in tech. So I think if, if people look at what are they willing to give up, if they're willing to move deeper into the DMs, but again, it's sales calls and DMs. Those both can take up a lot of time, but that's like their bread and butter of enrolling mm-hmm. clients. And so what are you willing to give up? And I, I don't, I, you know, I don't think people want to hear that, but that's, that's the first take. And then in terms of organization, I find that it's less is more in terms of there's this big idea, like more clients, more this, more, you need to have X amount of conversations to get to your goal. Mm. I rather have quality conversations, less of them and move them forward. Mm. And so it's a habit I have to practice. I'm not starting any more conversations or I'm, unless people just happen to come to me, but we are making sure we're clearing them out. So I rather have five or 10 or 20 a day, whatever that looks like, yeah. as opposed to like hundreds, you know? Yeah. So I teach my clients, especially when they're out doing outreach, have you finished those other conversations? It's a, it's a question, but it's a small and they realize no. Right. So and so then they're left, yeah, left <laughs> open-ended and it's like, well, we're yeah. leaving money on the table. Okay. So I, I love what you said though about quality. So how can yes. we, I mean, obviously we can't guarantee anything, but how can we quote unquote guarantee <laughs> that someone is going to be a quality conversation for you to potentially lead to a sale? So you know, my biggest question, or I, I guess the first thing is immediately trying to ask those questions around business. If right. from the beginning, they're giving me one word answers, it's dry. Like this mm-hmm. is where you have to start to understand like interaction and virtual interaction. I'm leaving it alone. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving it alone. And so I look at some of my clients' conversations. They're asking all these questions, big, long paragraphs, and their answers are really dry. They, they probably don't want to talk to you. They probably don't want to talk yeah. to So the, you have to look at the exchange of energy. I'm huge on that. And that's why I try to, like you said, the rapport, like bring that life and use voice memos. If they're maybe really shy, I'll, I'll mention like, hey, no, this is a safe space. But if they're not matching my energy on some sort of level, I'm not going to move forward. That is a big determining factor of quality for me. Um, but then also, what is their desire to keep the conversation going and not just me? This should be sort of 50-50. And so if I feel like I'm fishing really hard, oh, what's the next question I'm going to ask? Again, probably not very interested and urgent. You know, you know, Brooke, and many people know when you have a dream client, the conversation is a dream. Mm-hmm. 
Totally. You're excited. They're telling you about their life story. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a beautiful interaction. That's quality, right? Um, a lot of people, the, the, the conversations are really <laughs> stale. That may be an indicator that they're just not super urgent or super serious or like really bought in by you. And then I guess the, the, the last few things I, I look at is like maybe how they came in the DM, like how they filled out their application on. Did you have to keep reminding them to do that? Mm. If it's a, trying to get to a sales call, do you have to keep trying to get them to a sales call and they haven't booked? That's not quality to me. I don't, right. I don't, I'm not going to Like, it's like, if you, you want this bad enough, you. yeah, if you yeah. want this bad enough, you're going to make it happen. You're going to get on the phone right? with me. You're going to watch the training. Exactly. You're going to do the thing. You're going to listen to what I have to say. I get what you're saying. So knowing when to kind of cut ties and be like, yeah, and release with love. It is. Yeah. <laughs> And I think a lot of it is trusting your gut. It's an intuitive thing as well. Does this feel good to me? Is this a hell yes? That's how I make every decision. Is this a hell yes? Or is it a no? Because if it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. And I just don't do it. I love that. So that's that's how, (laughs) oh, it's so simple. Life is so much easier when you start making decisions like I do. (laughs) Like, I'm like, is this a hell yes? Or is it a no? Okay. Well, then I guess it's a no. It's probably a no, right? Yeah. And those are my conversations. I'm like, oh, giving me cell vibes. You don't totally. I've, I've already created that space. I am who you see on my stories, on my live video. Right. Especially if you come on my DMs and you don't want to open right. up. No, 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 no. Right. Totally. And then also looking at your question or the answers and responses from that you're getting from people. Are they really giving you like a lot of scarcity maybe or something very negative, something you just don't align with? Their perspective is off. Their idea of what success and results look like are really totally. off. Like that's just not a dream client. Yeah. Okay. So I want to open up this can of worms and I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on this. So, um, how do we get past this idea of everybody's trying to sell to everybody? Right. So, I mean, I, it even annoys me. I've had so many unread messages in my Facebook that are like, are you hiring a virtual assistant right now? I'm like, I'm not even going to respond to this. <laughs> you know, right. because I, I mean, I'm sorry. I just like do, I'm like, no, really? Like, is that the way that you're going to reach out to me? So, but obviously too, like we don't always know necessarily if that person's an ideal client or not until we have the conversation. So like, if we're like seeking out people we think might be an ideal client, we start a conversation, but then like, mm-hmm. what if in the back of their mind, they're trying to sell to us. And in the back of our mind, we're trying to sell to them. <laughs> to sell and to then them. it's like this that. like double edge of like, what the hell are we doing? And then people are sick of people like just pitching them their shit. Right. And so how yeah. do we get past this like can of worms of knowing what we have to offer is so valuable. It can help people to finding the right people and mm-hmm. us not trying to sell to each other. That's, I don't think that's going to stop happening. And I just take it back to like, capitalism <laughs> this the the cycle of the economy how money is circulated businesses and we all mm-hmm. I actually did a room on this yesterday um ethical monetization are we the product or we like be, be sold ourselves too I think this is always going to happen so toughen up your skin hey that's one mm-hmm. two I block you wouldn't believe how many people I block per day oh, it's the really scammy the really fishy like obviously Usually, like, I don't even know if they're real bots, whatever. But then two, like, let's just cut pitching offers in the first message or even, especially when I didn't even say hi to you. So that has got to stop if anyone is sending mass messages of like, hey, here's how I can help you. You don't even know me. Yeah. Um, And then we just have to ignore some of that. And then when it comes into a conversation of like, oh, are we trying to sell each other? You have to be willing to be bold and direct. I've had to say, I feel like we're trying to sell each other here. And it's kind of funny. 
Um, but I'm interested in hearing what you're, what you're trying to sell me, but I can, yeah. you know, I can, <laughs> I, I, I think I can help you, but let's, right. let's talk about it. Right. Yeah. I've had that happen. And then it, it's like, kind of like, like announcing the elephant in the room, right? Just announce it. But, mm. but I find that as, as a DM sales coach, you know, I think there's an expectation. If you're going to sell me, you should be pretty good at it <laughs> in the DMs. Mm-hmm. And so there are people who sell me and they're really bad. And it's a, it's a time for me to educate them if I have the yeah. capacity. And give them some and value. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think look at how can we elevate the coaching industry by not necessarily coming down and being really harsh. Some people just really don't know, mm-hmm. especially if they've never had support and coach people if possible just correct them with love and and that will help this cycle of maybe you know the the ethics of selling but yeah and I think that we we need to remember so like and the reason why I got I brought this up is because I got a phone call last night and um of course it was one of those sneaky people who like used my uh area code so I was like oh maybe this is like something I need to answer. Right. And so I answered the yeah. phone and it, I'm not going to like mention the company because I'm sure the company is, is really good, but I was annoyed instantly because I was like, I'm not trying to buy anything from you right now. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I felt, and, and I think it's just a reminder that people don't like feeling like they're being sold to, but people love to buy people exactly. love to buy. And so I, it's like that fine line between, um, really building that connection. And I think we can find our ideal client with that conversation. It's not just, let me just come in here with the immediate pitch. Um, but building the conversation to see, Hey, like, okay, yeah, this is what I support people with. Like, are you looking for some help in this thing? And, you know, I, I, and I don't know your thoughts on that too, but I think it's just, it's getting so normal for people to just constantly only be DMing people because they want to sell to them. And oh so, yeah, for sure. I don't know. I was like, is there, is there something that we can do to do better? I mean, sometimes I just connect I definitely people think, just to connect as well, but yeah. And it's hard because I find myself when I truly, of course, want to connect with someone saying like, I truly want to connect with you. And I'm like, do they think, do they believe me? Cause of this whole phenomenon mm-hmm. of like, what do you really <laughs> want? And I even have to say like, Hey, I'm not going to sell you promise. Like I'm over telling like overcompensating just because of what you're saying. And so I think it's yeah. hard, but I think people, I think it also comes back to content. It's not only a content conversation and, and also like a foundations of business. It, it's when you're desperate yeah. and there's a lot of desperation in this industry. And so you have to reflect on like, when is it about the money? Mm-hmm. And it's not easy to detach yourself from the outcome of trying to sell. But I tell people too, like, you can just be honest with me. I, if, if this is not a good fit for you. Yeah. Like, you're not oh my gosh. My I, I mean, I teach it's a yes or a no at the end of the call. Like you do not get <laughs> off of the sale. So whatever sale it is, whether it's a conversation, in the DMS, whether it's on the phone, we are not getting out of this conversation until I know if this is a yes or a no. And if it's a no, that's totally no. fine. It's fine. I'm no big deal. For you, what about the objection when they say, "But I just need to talk to my spouse." What do you say to that? Like, what's the? Oh, is that okay? So you know what's so funny is in um last summer I spent the entire month, one month, collecting objections and writing multiple <laughs> different ways, like for my clients. Like I have a whole yeah. deep like deep, deep, deep thing of like, okay, here's what I would say to this, or here's this, here's this, here's this. Cause I'm a little bit more of a bold salesperson than everybody. And I was like, 
you need to listen to how I say this. Otherwise it's going to come across really like sassy and rude sometimes. So (laughs) you definitely have to look into it. So I, I mean, there's a number of ways that could go when people say, Oh, I need to talk to my husband. Um, sometimes or whatever, my spouse or whatever that is, I'd be like, Oh, let's just pretend like it's a husband. Um, so, Oh, like, does your husband support you? Like, I I like to ask questions first. Like, does he support you? Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh my God. I love that. That's so awesome. Um, does he, does he know that we're on the call? Like, does he like what you're doing? Does like, does he see your bigger vision? I'll, I'll, I'll make it catered to them and whatever we talked about. So does he know your bigger vision of wanting to retire him or whatever that is? And often they, (laughs) whatever we talked about in our conversation and often they'll be like, yeah, like, I don't know. He really knows and whatever. And basically I'll say something along the lines of like, okay, listen, here's what I know to be true. And I love that you and your husband are open and honest about your finances. I think that's amazing and incredible. What I know to be true is that husbands, especially men, (laughs) are like these big, giant, (laughs) protective teddy bears that if you are not confident and if this does not feel like a hell yes for you, he's going to instantly shut down the conversation and say no out of protection for you. So I like to make Mm, sure that when my clients get off the phone with me, they are 100% yes, they are all in. And, um, you feel extremely confident in this decision and you go to him asking for, um, for support rather than for permission. Exactly. And then we talk through to make sure that's where they are. So is this a hell yes for you and you're in, we just need to make sure they are supportive and we need to make sure that they're cool that you spend the X amount of money. Right. Um, and then usually what I'll do is I, I don't always do this. It just depends, but I give people a 24 hour bonus. Some Mm -hmm. people in their buying process, which you can actually elicit someone's buying process. It's a whole psychology of sales thing, but you can elicit someone's buying process. If you ask the correct information to get that Mm -hmm. from them, but some people in their buying process actually have to have a deadline to make a decision. Oh my God. In which case a 24 hour (laughs) bonus. I don't always do it, but if I feel like I really need to, if I, it's a gut, it's again, it's that intuition, just checking in. Um, it's that intuition checking in and being like, okay, so, uh, 24 hour bonus. And then I usually don't do follow-up calls, but if you're not the best at sales, I would maybe recommend a follow-up call to get them signed up. With the intention of, okay, great. We're going to get on the phone and we're going to get everything taken care of and we're going to sign you up tomorrow. It's not like, yeah, let's follow up. No, (laughs) like be intentional about what the follow-up is for. So with that said, I mean, in the DMs, do you feel like that's the biggest objection you get or do you feel like you get other objections? No, I was just curious when you said like, it's a hell yes on the phone and just seeing how you walk that through. Uh, I I always get the money on the phone. (laughs) Right, I love it. I say the biggest objection as a whole is, price right sticker shock and I'm like we're gonna work through that and I am again I just don't think it's off limits to ask the more vulnerable questions about their finances it's like you do a sales call right how can I know if this is truly you just being afraid or like no you really can't afford it totally but again like it's usually a fear thing because most people know my investments are larger and so if you can't afford like (laughs) several thousand dollars like they won't even come and so it's walking them through. But I know a lot of my clients who get the uh, the spouse one and they're afraid to open that up because mm. they're like, oh, it's another person involved. And I was afraid to like, uh, for a while because I'm single, right? And so I was like, and honestly, I had to ask married point. people and be like, I don't, because I was like, I don't understand why someone needs to go talk to someone about a decision for their business that they're going to make that's going to benefit their both of their lives. And for a while, like when I first started this level of selling, it didn't make a lot of sense. So I had to ask a lot of married people to understand better. 
okay, hey, tell me this process. Like what, you know, how would you feel if someone spent this kind of money? And it all depends on people's businesses. Some people need that person to make a decision. And some people are like, oh, they already know I'm on the phone and they, we've already talked about it, you know, or, or they already know we're in this conversation and we've already talked about it or whatever. So I, there's a lot of ways to go about it. But again, it's just the conversation of being bold, not being afraid to ask the questions. Like when people say they need to think about it, I will literally be like, okay, great. What do you need to think about? Like, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Like you, you've got to ask the right questions and you can't be afraid, right? That I just think if we're, if you're going to have a business and you are trying to sell, you have got to muster up courage mm-hmm. and really, and, and also your intuition and, and improve that and, and really lean into yourself. Cause I've, I've spent so much money in business. You of course have as well, but there's nothing like saying, well, what does my gut tell me from a DM conversation to a sales call? Right. And I think that's also what people need to elevate, really mm-hmm. activating their intuition and those, that, that mm-hmm. good judgment. hundred percent. And when you were saying that too, it's, it's remembering that selling is help, like it equals, it is a complete equal helping selling is helping. You are helping someone. Yes. The more you sell, the more you sell, the more you help, the more you serve, the more you generate the legacy that you're meant to leave. So if you keep telling yourself all day long, selling is helping, selling is helping. I can't wait to help people. You're going to help people by selling more and more often. Absolutely. And I also say from the content perspective or on the DM, selling is telling, tell your yeah. story, tell about your program, right? Love Same. it. Selling is helping. I love it. Oh, so good. Okay. So this podcast is all about stepping into your fiercely unstoppable self. So can you tell us a time that you had to overcome an obstacle and when you did, you felt completely victorious? Ooh, I would say this comes from like my first, you know, client default or like my first client not being Mm -hmm. happy or like there's always a first of something when it comes to your programming, your services. Yes. And you're just, you, you, you care so much about where you're selling and what you're offering that you take it so personally. Um, and I have had to really work on my mindset about that and, and detach my worth as an individual from like my program and my business. I think that's like a overall challenge as a whole. We have to do that as business owners, but you know, when those first couple of, uh, you know, that default happened or a client situation, it was really tough. I, I took it hard on myself. It also made me want to not show up as much. And I was afraid mm-hmm. a little bit, like, what if this happens again? I'm attaching that fear to the experience and it's sort yes. of preventing me from being bold and stepping out. And I've had to say, this is not about you, Candace, right? It's mm. not you personally, or maybe they felt that way, but life has to go on. Right. Business has to go on. Clients have to be served. Right. And I think a lot of, you know, some of my clients go through these things and it's debilitating because no one teaches you how to overcome it as a whole. Most coaches, mm-hmm. I don't think, I'm sure you're one of those coaches who are talking about these deeper parts of business mm-hmm. and they're like, what do I do? It's me as a person. And it's not. Right. And I mean, that's one of the biggest hangups of what is blocking from the next level success. And I mean, I'm not shy of having these either, but it's always what we're making it mean about us. And something that I've said from the very beginning that you've heard in this podcast again and again and again is the things that have happened to you, the things that have been said to you, the things that have been done, you don't have to own any of that. You don't have to make it mean anything about you. And it doesn't mean anything about you. You get to kind of like redefine yourself at any moment in time. So you choose. And that's actually really exciting. It's like a really exciting blessing from triumphs. But I do understand that sometimes it does. Like, like you said, you, the fear gets placed onto 
um, you know, the potential results too. And yeah. that's just so it just stops you in your tracks. What right. is like one thing you love to do since we're like on the fear talk though now? Um, what is like one thing you love to do when just like, okay, I, I hear you fear. I feel you. Like what, how do you like to push past it? Do you have like an exercise you like to do? Ooh, so I, I like to like just stop for whatever I'm doing, get quiet. If this literally means like I need a personal day, I like mm-hmm. to like lay down and visualize the fear, yeah. the, the, what happens if I stay here, but what happens if I overcome it? I like to dream almost yeah. to get in like that childlike state of, there's so many more possibilities on the other side of the fear. What would that look like if I just learned how mm. to move past it? And I usually get really excited of like, oh my gosh, my dream life. Oh my gosh, this dream client. Oh my gosh, this dream month, whatever, yeah. right? Um, I'm big on visualizations. Um, the other thing is I like to dance. I mm-hmm. like to, I, I like to twerk. I will cook in my kitchen. I put on some Meg the Stallion and I have a twerk party. Um, (laughs) It's true. Like all the time I get a glass of wine. This helps me with like, oh, it's been a funky day. My energy Mm -hmm. or I'm really like playing small right now. Like let's twerk it out. So that is That's so me. funny. Yeah. I love that. That's so funny, but I love what you said. I mean, cause really like our main job is to focus on what we want. And I think a lot of the fears get produced and, and they kind of get fed. The more we think about what we don't want and what we don't have, which I mean, like I said, I think everybody is guilty of this at some point in their business. And, sure. and it's a constant reminder. It's a constant reminder for myself too, of, all right, what do we want? What do we want? What do we want? Focus on that. And then why do we know we can have that? Why do yeah. we know we can actually do the thing? And I mean, this kind of full circles around, um, to the sales and the DMS, like, do you want to have more DM sales? Yes or no. Right. Okay use a lot of the things that we talked about in our conversation today and start implementing, start doing and start being bold, knowing that the more you sell, the more you're helping a lot of people and people are going to be so grateful for that. Yes. I'm really curious what you do when the fear is stopping you, Brooke. (sighs) I feel like I have so many practices. I just kind of have to figure out what is the best thing to do in that moment. I love asking myself, it's just kind of checking in with my body, my mind, and my soul. So I always ask, okay, what does my body need right now? What does my mind need right now? What does my soul need right now? And sometimes I don't have an answer for all three. And sometimes I have an answer for all three. And I'm like, well, damn, (laughs) Um, sometimes (laughs) something will come up and it'll be like, I feel like I need to go to Starbucks and get a matcha latte or like, okay, I need to take a bath. Baths are definitely like, okay, you like to twerk in your kitchen. I like to go take a bubble bath. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Like, I'm like, I need to chill. So, I mean, sometimes taking a nap, I mean, luckily having Sage, although she drives me insane sometimes, um, <laughs> having Sage and going on walks is something that that's what I like to do for my body. Those are the yeah. mo- most of body things. Like I know I'm due for a spa day. Like, of course oh, me too. I need girl. One. <laughs> I, um, I, my goal this year is to go to the four seasons, um, bi-monthly. So I'm going to go six Love times this year seasons. and, oh yeah. So good. The spa day, the the vibe, the massage, all the things. So I went in January. So I am due to have another spa day here soon. So my body and my soul and my mind is all calling me to figure that out. I need to see if I'm going to go by myself or someone's going to come with me. So we'll see. And, um, honestly, I mean, the biggest fear is like the toxic thought transformation that I like to do because really you almost need to just look at the fear, like face to face, you need to look at it because what, what happens when we get anxiety and and stuff, actually I have the coolest 
mindset trick around anxiety. Ooh, share. Do we want to do it real quick? This is, we'll we'll do this. We'll do this because we'll do this mindset trick around anxiety. It's one of my favorite things to do with my clients. And because there's usually at all moments of time, especially around business, something that we're anxious about. There's something that we're worried about right now. And anxiety is just a warning from your unconscious mind to focus on what you want. Yes. And, and we, you know, the fear I think produces this anxiety because the fear is like, oh, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, but again, if you go down the what if spiral in the negative, you have to go down the what if spiral in the positive. Like you have to make that a must like, okay, go down the negative route. Okay. Yeah. That's all a possibility, but what is also a possibility and looking at that as well. So And when we have generalized anxiety, which I think a lot of us probably listeners do, it becomes a habit in the unconscious mind based off of that fear that happens again and again and again. So this is what we do. One, you got to focus on what you want. So you got to get, make sure you get clear on that. But I want everybody just to like, take a deep breath with me. And you can close your eyes and Don't do that if you're driving, but please pull over at some point and do this on your own, (laughs) but get cozy, get comfy. And I want you to ask your unconscious mind, what is it that you're anxious about? What specifically? And when you got that moment, the specific moment of what you're anxious about, you're going to go ahead and float above your timeline. And I want you to float 15 minutes past the successful completion of the thing you thought you were anxious. And when you get there, give me a nod. Good. So turn around and look toward now on the future and on the timeline. So you're in the future. You're past the completion of what you thought you were anxious about. And you're gonna turn around towards now on the timeline. And ask yourself, now, where is that old anxiety? Is it there or is it just gone now? And when it is gone, knowing that you are putting yourself past the completion of it already being done, you can go ahead and come back to now and shake it out and just like be back in the vibe of now. But you can take that even further and actually take your suggestion, Candice, of the visualization and yeah. actually see all of the things, what happens once the thing you're anxious about is completed. And I then you're that. going, you're going 15 minutes past the successful completion. So you, when you're floating on your timeline, yeah. you are past the completion. It's already done. It's already it's completed. Done. You could spend time there as much time as you want, actually visualizing all the things that happen once it's completed. Well, then the anxiety was also just made up in your head. It wasn't actually real. (laughs) I love this. I was truly visualizing like this long line and the completion was like clouds, just beautiful. And I looked back, my hair looked lovely. Yeah. And I I felt light. (laughs) I felt light. I felt felt so good. And when I, once everything was completed and I looked back and I was like, oh, it was, it was easy. Just done. It's amazing what your mind can do. And I mean, that's why I'm so passionate about the like energy shifting stuff that I do because we get so caught up in our heads and what people don't realize is that 
things are so much scarier in our head than they are when we actually just look at it. And sometimes yeah. the best way to look at it, one, if you don't have me to personally shift you, which I mean, hello, we probably need to work together if you need right? it. But if you don't have me to personally shift you and all the skills that I can, then putting it to paper, as soon as you write something down, it always loses its power. As soon as you become yeah. aware of something, you know, you can, you're ready to change that because yeah. your self-awareness is showing you exactly what needs to be shifted and often yeah. there's a lesson that needs to be learned. So taking care of yourself, I mean, an understanding that fear happens to all of us. Oh my God. I feel fear all the time, right? I mean, I do. I mean, that's not a lie. I do. But it's just being comfortable with the uncomfortable of fear, knowing that that is not my reality. That does not have to be my truth. And, yeah, you know, telling a different story in an empowering way to get you to where you want to go. So. I love that, Brooke. You're just so phenomenal. Like <laughs> just doing this podcast with you, I already feel better about so many things. Oh, I love just, that. <laughs> you really have this beautiful balance of like the masculine, the feminine, like Thank the certainty you. and the like playful side. And it's just, I'm so glad we've connected, but um, I agree. Like I was just on a client call this morning and we were talking about DMs. She's like, wow, I've been in my head so much. It was just yeah. so easy once we just talked it through. And so, and I mean, people are often, people are verbal processors. So sometimes they yeah. only just need to talk it through. And that's why hiring coaches is, is so important because sometimes you just need a sounding board and then Absolutely. the reaffirmation from that. And then of course there's times where you need to learn a lot of things as well, but it's, that's one beautiful blessing. And I love that because you're right. She was probably just in her head and, and then we make things more complicated than it needs to be. So what if this was simple? What if this was easy? What would it look like? Yeah. I love yeah. it. Ah, oh my God. Okay. So tell people where they can find you, where they can learn more from you, where they can um, absorb all of your good stuff. And then maybe slide into your DMs. I was going to say, of course, my DMs, but <laughs> Candace Chapman underscore on Instagram. That's my place. That's my jam. I also have a club on Clubhouse now, the Woo-woo. DM Cells Club. You can search that. And again, if you're interested, you'll see the links in my bio on Instagram. You can always slide in my DMs. When this episode goes live, like, please tag us both. I'm going to be so excited to share it and just hear your best takeaways. I really do love talking to people. I'm a talker, so perfect. (laughs) I'm a DM sales coach. So I'm so glad. This is is so good, bro. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. (laughs) Thank you guys so, so much for spending some time with me on the Fiercely Unstoppable podcast. I am so grateful that you are here and I'm grateful to be in your ears. If you could just take one moment to share this episode on social media, tag me in it, or even with someone personally that you think would love this, that would be absolutely incredible. Also, if you guys are loving this podcast, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes and by subscribing to this channel so I can keep the good stuff coming. I cannot wait to connect with you on the next show. In the meantime, get out there and become fiercely unstoppable.